He said, well, your science is based as much on faith as my religion is. How could you know exactly how old these fossils are? You're trusting that other people have done the good science. And so that's the same as my religion. From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature, real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Caroline Ballard. In this episode, we'll hear about a woman who thought the answers were written in stone. Erin Jones had just finished her freshman year of college. And I just really wanted to do something totally different from where I was. So Erin looked for a summer job out west, and she landed an internship at a tiny dinosaur quarry in Utah. This part of Utah is part of the San Rafael Swell, which is this huge part of southern desert Utah that just pushes up. Almost like the earth is broken open to reveal layers of ancient geology. And you can see all these things that normally you can't see as a result. And so we found in the fossil record that this area where this quarry is, is the largest concentration of Jurassic dinosaur bones anywhere, ever. And the weird thing about it is that it's almost entirely carnivores, specifically allosauruses, which is kind of like a precursor to the T-Rex. And it's almost entirely juvenile allosauruses, like teenage ones. So it's really strange. You ended up working there for a summer. Yeah. And you were working there with two other women. So we lived on this trailer lot. We each had a trailer to ourselves. And their names were Josie and Monica. Monica was from North Carolina and Josie was from Wisconsin. Both of them were older than me. I was the baby of the group at 19. And yeah, so we just, we lived in these trailers and then in Price, Utah, which is a itty bitty town, (laughs) smack dab in the middle of Utah, desert Utah. And we um, had to drive over 40 miles to work every day. So in Utah, there are these Mormons who are traditional Mormons who belong to the LDS Church, which is Latter-day Saints. But I remember on our first day, we were driving out from Price to the quarry, and Mike, the boss, was driving. So Josie and Monica and I were all in the truck with him. And we just were passing this really, really dry landscape with mesas everywhere. The sky was all hazy because of fires. And we drove down this long highway on the way out to the dirt road. And before we turned off onto the dirt road, we passed a road going in the opposite direction. And he said, don't ever go down that road. And we said, well, why not? And he said, because there's this really tiny, itty-bitty town. You won't find it on a map. It's called Heaven, Utah. And we were like, well, that sounds great. Why wouldn't we want to go to Heaven, you know? <laughs> and, and he said, well, because it's an FLDS community, which stood for Fundamentalist Latter-day Saints, which aren't technically a part of the LDS church, and they are polygamous. And we were like, oh, that's fascinating. We've never met anyone who was polygamous before. And he said, well, you don't want to go there if you're not FLDS because it's sort of cultish. And if you show up there, um, there have been cases where if you were a man, you got shot. And if you're a woman, then you get kidnapped. So heaven was off limits. At the dinosaur quarry, Erin's job, along with her two coworkers, was to lead tours. Ten visitors in a day was a lot. 
So most of the time we were kind of all by ourselves, but because people, you know, had to drive 13 miles down a dirt road to find us. But when they did find us, it was either tourists and they just had done their research especially well. And so they came out to see us. And so those were always fun to meet because those were people from all over the world. And then we also met a lot of Utahns who had been meaning to check it out for a long time. Um, So they were from Salt Lake, a lot of them, or Provo or Park City or whatever. And then we also had this totally unusual and strange category of visitor that was creationists. Specifically, young Earth creationists who believe in the literal creation account in Genesis. So the world was created in seven days about 6,000 years ago. That was just totally foreign to me. I'm from Texas, and so I've met some creationists, but I never knew that there's a particular brand of creationists that really likes to seek out these places that, to those of us who are not creationists, feel like evidence of not creationism, you know, of evolution. And so one particular day, we had a tour bus of 40 people from San Diego. There's a huge enclave of very active creationists north of San Diego. And so this tour bus, they were going around the Southwest. They'd already gone to the Grand Canyon. They went to these parts of the Southwest where rocks are really exposed and you can see this geological history. And they came to us and saw these dinosaur bones. And they came, all 40 of them came in, and Josie gave them a tour. And so I stayed behind, because Josie really loved talking to creationists. She really loved this moment when she could say, oh, these are 150 million years old. She took this glee in watching them just be like, oh, you know, just be <laughs> mad. So she took them on the tour, but the preacher stayed behind and talked to me at the front desk. And so I got into a conversation with him, and I just felt sort of belligerent that day, I think. And so I said, you know, these dinosaur fossils are 150 million years old. And he said, I don't, like, have you determined that with your own eyes and with your own hands? And and I I just kind of looked at him, and he said, are you a scientist? And I said, well, I mean, I'm a college student. (laughs) And... He, he said, well, your science is based as much on faith as my religion is because you haven't personally examined these with your hands. You haven't personally examined these things with your eyes. You aren't the one who determined these half-lives of various elements. And so how could you know exactly how old these fossils are? You're trusting that other people have done the good science. And so that's the same as my religion. And for years, I didn't have an answer to that. Do you have an answer now? I think, I mean, so since then, because I didn't know what to say to him, I've sought out an answer in asking scientists um, that I know. I know a paleontologist here in town who who studies dinosaur fossils, very similar to what I was doing in Utah. And I asked her one time, I said, how, like, can, what is your answer to people who don't believe in evolution? What is your answer to people who don't believe in half-lives that are how we determine how old things are? And she didn't have a clear answer either. And, and so 
eventually I said, but how do you even, how do you determine a half-life? She's like, that's chemistry. That's not so much what I do. And so I said, so I have to track down another scientist to find that out. And ultimately, I think it is a sort of faith, like you're trusting that other scientists have done their work well. But I think that the difference in the types of faith are that there's a faith for scientists where you could, if you wanted to, learn how to do that process. You could do it yourself. And for religion, there's a mystery in that you can't do it yourself. And I think the mystery is what makes the difference. Creationists are getting the story of their creation from history as opposed to natural history, from words and from paper, from the Bible. So I think that if you're looking at the world with words as your main lens, then perhaps when you go to a place like the Grand Canyon, you see something different than what I might see. After weeks in the desert, Erin needed a change of scenery, so she headed to a nearby national forest in the mountains. And I came to this fork in the road, and there wasn't a sign, and I hadn't looked it up before I left, and it was before Google Maps, <laughs> and so I didn't know which way to turn. And so I turned right, and it started to rain, and it was one of the first rains of the season, and so I was just in heaven about this rain. And so I rolled down the window, and I was like breathing in this like amazing desert rain ozone smell, and I was just really enjoying it. And I kept driving, and then I realized I was not in a national forest. I was in this really tiny town, and the roads were in really rough shape. They were all potholed, and they kind of dead-ended at some point, and there were no houses. It was all trailers. There were no businesses at all. And I thought about where I was, and I realized that I had ended up in heaven, Utah. And... So I kind of looked around and I thought, I don't think I'm going to get kidnapped and I don't think anyone's going to shoot me. This just seems kind of sad. And so I turned around and I drove back to the National Forest. So you were 19 and, as you put it, arrogant or belligerent. (laughs) Aren't all 19-year-olds? So how did it change sort of how you related to other people? Did it change that? Yes. And while I was there, I got to be friends with some Mormons, too, in the town of Price. And I think that at the time I felt like, um, oh, I'm this really progressive, open-minded person, but, like, I'm so prejudiced against Mormons. And when I got there, that really became clear to me. How can I call myself an open-minded, progressive, unprejudiced person if I'm so prejudiced against this group of people? And living there and meeting people, you know, the same as it does for any groups. Once you live somewhere and meet some people that are just human beings, then you realize they're not a crazy group of people. And so I think it challenged me to take a big look at myself and say, do I truly want to be open-minded? And if so, maybe I actually should try. So one time, Monica and I were working in the quarry, and we had no visitors, and we were eating lunch under this cottonwood tree that was in front of the museum because it was the only shade for, like, miles, you know? And uh, it was a really hot day, and she got up to go use the bathroom, which were, like, pit toilets that we had to clean every now and then. And while she was gone, I decided to climb the tree, and 
<laughs> and then I was still in the tree when she came back and <laughs> she couldn't see me and I didn't say anything for some reason. <laughs> and she, she was from North Carolina and she said, Lord Jesus, the rapture has come and I have been left. <laughs> and I just and I just started laughing and I said no I'm we're we're both still still here. <laughs> Everybody else might have left but we're still here. Our storyteller was Aaron Jones, who is also our senior producer and fill-in host. I'm Caroline Ballard. The show is produced by Aaron Jones, Ryan Oberhelman, Anna Rader, and Micah Schweitzer. The theme song is by Caught a Ghost. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public Media. It's human.